What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Fitness Stuff Research Review. New issues dropping every single Friday, and this is actually the sample version we're putting on the normal feed. So now you have an idea of what that is, and we will place a link in the description. If you would like to subscribe, you can get 50% off your first month and give it a try. So just five bucks, access to the weekly research review, monthly Ask Me Anything episodes, the exclusive discounts, and more. Today, we are going to be talking about L-carnitine and fat loss, doing a complete research review, deep dive. I'm super excited to get into this one. But first, we got to have a little background on L-carnitine. What is it exactly? It's actually one of the first supplements that comes up in the conversation when talking about oh, yeah. fat-burning supplements, which Tony and I just love so much, along with caffeine, yohimbean, some others, and a lot of people have questions about it. So it's an amino acid derivative produced in the body and is also found in foods, mostly meat. This is a really interesting compound because there are several mechanisms in the body having to do with fat loss, muscle building, performance, cognition, and fertility that involve L-carnitine. You may see it in this bottle. I've never seen that L-carnitine yeah. bottle. Well, and I was going to say too, carnitine in the body, something that again is produced in the body, the supplements can be all these different forms. The most common one that we're going to mostly focus on today is LCTL or L-carnitine L-tartrate. This is the liquid bottle. This I think is the most common one found on Amazon, but you can also take it in pill form mm -hmm. as well. But we'll talk about the different methods in just a little bit too. So people do have carnitine deficiencies and treating deficiencies usually produces the greatest outcomes. Zinc, yeah. testosterone, for example. This is common just with any deficiency. When you treat it, you're going to have beneficial outcomes. Unlike several though, more common vitamins and minerals that people show common deficiencies in like magnesium, vitamin D, zinc, carnitine, defi carnitine deficiencies are rare. This is because our bodies don't need a lot to maintain healthy levels. But research does show that carnitine deficiencies are fairly common among the elderly and people who don't eat meat. Yeah. And I think that's a big highlight to the deficiency piece because most of the research used on these bottles yeah. being sold is research shows fat loss, research shows reducing fatigue, all this stuff. It's like if you are deficient is usually left out. Like zinc, for example, so many people are claiming that it boosts your testosterone, which it does a phenomenal job at if you're deficient in zinc through your diet and then your body. But if you have normal, healthy levels, supplementing with zinc does almost nothing yeah. to you. So that's what we're going to clarify today when we're, when we're kind of navigating this. So the question that we're trying to answer is, is supplementing with oral L-carnitine worthy of a place in your stack with fat loss being the main goal? And are there any other legitimate uses for L-carnitine? And there's a few things we have to look at before we dive into the research, because there is plenty on fat loss, on muscle building, on muscle damage and soreness, on fatigue, on fertility, on all these things. There's a plenty of research out there, but there's a few big things that I think a lot of research looks past. And that's something that we wanted to bring forward today. And the first, and in my opinion, biggest concern when you take it as an oral supplement is its bioavailability. Bioavailability being the efficiency with which a dietary component is really used in the body. So how much are you taking versus how much is getting used? L-carnitine in food, in mostly meat sources, isn't found at super high levels, but even the bioavailability of that is about 54 to 87% found in this research paper. But the bioavailability when you take it as an oral supplement is only about 14 to 18% of the dose taken. And that is a massive, massive red flag going off because research typically doesn't 
account for this. So if you scale this up, you would need doses of higher than 3,500 to 4,000 milligrams on a daily basis just to get a somewhat effective dose. And most pills you'd be taking anywhere from six to 16 of in these supplements, where if, you know you just take the recommended dose, give it on these bottles, you're taking two, maybe four pills, you're hardly digesting any of that. That's the biggest concern I wanted to cover before we go into it. And we are gonna look at doses as we go on. The second, and this is more of a preliminary red flag, one byproduct is if you're taking L-carnitine orally, and this was found in a pretty large study done over the course of six months, these individuals were taking doses as high as 4,000 milligrams per day, that it drastically increases something called TMAO, a metabolite produced in and by gut bacteria. TMAO got a big boost in popularity when some of those Netflix documentaries demonizing red meat, and they found that TMAO at higher levels can actually increase instances of cardiovascular problem, all-cause mortality, high blood pressure, all these different pieces. And in this research paper, they found that just simply supplementing with L-carnitine, so not in relation to meat usage, but just supplementing TMAO levels rose from about 344 nanograms per milliliter all the way to over 2200 over the course of six months. So this is a sharp, sharp jump in TMAO. And there's not any direct links to these pieces, but it is something that you might want to think about if you're just constantly supplementing at high doses, which some people might want to do. Now we'll start here. The biggest one, fat loss. Now we have a mechanism at roll here, and we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but L-carnitine is necessary for fat burning. It plays a big role in energy production. It transports long chain fatty acids into the mitochondria so they can be oxidized or burned to produce energy. So the idea is that supplementing and increasing L-carnitine levels in the body would also increase fat oxidation or fat burning. This would then result in more fat loss over time. So there's a cute little picture at the bottom. More L-carnitine means more fat burned. But what do we know about mechanisms? Mariana? The mechanism does not always equal the outcome. And this is where you get so much misinformation, especially in the media when it comes to these bold claims is a lot of people will explain the mechanism, use these big words, sound smart to the general person, but it doesn't mean that you are going to see an outcome just because something sounds like that might be true. That, that's yeah. exactly what's happening here. So for example, if you move into an apartment, there's not much lighting, but you only have a few outlets. So you buy a bunch of lamps because you want it to be brighter. Your apartment is filled with lamps, but you only have a few outlets. So just because you bought all of these lamps, now you just have a bunch of loose plugs hanging out, not plugged into an outlet. So you're not going to get the outcome you desired of a very bright apartment because you had no place to plug in these lamps. And this explains a lot about how mm -hmm. L-carnitine works. Fat burning, fatty acid oxidation, just because something like that may be happening in your body, just because you have all of the pieces doesn't mean that you're going to get exactly what it is that you're looking for. I love that. I got a house full of lamps, but I only got one plug. <laughs> so this mechanism at play here, all major trials, so this was 44 studies comparing L-carnitine supplementation groups to a placebo group, saw no significant difference in fat loss. And this is consistent whether participants added exercise along with supplementation, different dieting techniques, and more. So just because you're adding L-carnitine, more plugs isn't going to give you more outlets to plug them into. So that you yeah. If it's not translational, it doesn't 
matter. No matter how good the mechanism sounds, if it doesn't work out in human trials, it just doesn't work out. Now, again, in that, in a lot of these too, a lot of these studies weren't supplementing at an extremely high dose to where you'd be getting enough to make much of a difference at all. But still, if we're looking at 44 different studies and none of them are showing that outcome, it's telling us that we might want to look another way. Now, a big mechanism that is argued with the use of L-carnitine outside of just fat loss is for muscle growth. Now, L-carnitine, this is actually kind of interesting, at higher doses has been shown the potential to increase androgen receptor density. So the actual number of androgen receptors in muscle tissue. But androgen receptors, for those unfamiliar, are essentially what determine how effective anabolic hormones like testosterone really are, right? So you could have more testosterone, but we could almost use the plug analogy again. If you don't have yeah. enough plugs to plug them in, how useful can they really be? So of course, when you see this, it's, it's going to spike some interest. If you could really increase the density on your muscle tissue, what do we see along the lines of muscle growth then? And maybe this could be a supplement we could take during fat loss to hold on to muscle growth. But what do we see in the data? And in, in all the available research, L-carnitine supplementation shows no added muscle or strength increases compared to placebo. There was one, and I want to put this as a caveat, one small study to show a small increase in muscle density, but that was in the elderly, one of the populations along with vegans and plant-based dieters that might see a potential deficiency in carnitine in their body. Now, there might be a future here with higher doses since there's not a ton of research looking directly at muscle growth, but from everything we have right now, it's not looking too, too hot. So there's still that mechanism at play that might be worth exploring later, but as of right now, it's just not enough to base, especially with oral supplementation. Yeah. And then we get into performance. And although certain supplements mark L-carnitine for an aid in performance in the gym, three studies have all shown it has no effect on power output. Two studies done show that it has no effect on strength and weight training. Two studies done show no effect on aerobic or anaerobic performance. And we still run into the dosing issue here, but there's not a lot of promise when it comes to L-carnitine improving performance in any sort of training. But you know what does? <laughs> creatine <laughs> i like instantly thought of that i'm like why are we even having like why are people still so confused about this like just start recommending creatine instead because it can help with performance yeah and i promise and people are like why are we even reviewing all this because there there's a bountiful amount of research done with l-carnitine mm -hmm. and the majority of it is just not that interesting like it, yeah. it doesn't show that much but we're going to lead into some bigger ones here coming up next, especially with cognition to start, I think. So another common claim for L-carnitine to help focus and reduce mental fatigue through the day. There have been four studies done that show that ALCAR, acetyl L-carnitine, can help improve symptoms of fatigue. But these were either done in centenarians. So this is people over 100 years old. I didn't even know that that they had their own name. Which is yeah, they got, a, they got a group. <laughs> but individuals who suffer from chronic fatigue syndrome or have a carnitine deficiency, none in healthy adults. It's not really going to be effective for the general population. Working memory, verbal memory, and reaction time also have no evidence supporting improvement if carnitine levels are already at a healthy range. So anecdotally, people report improved cognition, but as of now, the research shows otherwise. Yeah. And I think that's a big one. Anecdotally, people do claim, especially I think cognition is one of the biggest claims I've seen anecdotally. So it's not saying there's absolutely nothing there, but all the research again on healthy adults, it really doesn't show any measurable increases. Now, the two that you actually might see some benefit or some change in, first being fertility. And this is 
mainly speaking in men. At least that's what the research looks at. Now, this isn't usually advertised for L-carnitine supplementation, even though it's funny because this is one that seems to have the largest effect. There have been over 15 studies published showing that it improves sperm quality, seminal motility, and sperm count, along with five studies showing improved sexual function and erection quality in men, and a strong meta-analysis showing improved rate of pregnancy in men suffering from low sperm count. Now, I do want to highlight that most of, not all, but most of this research provided is in men who suffer from infertility or low sperm count, but there is promising data in pieces of those studies where normal functioning healthy adult males also see improvement. So I think this might be a piece leading in the future. And this leads us to our final piece, which is going to be muscle soreness and recovery. We might have finally found a use for us healthy adults. <laughs> when looking at L-carnitine, L-tartrate specifically, so LCTC, which is found in most supplements, and I would really look if you wanted to use it. For this, I would make sure it's this form of L-carnitine since this is what's been used in studies. Now, there's been three separate studies showing decreased muscle damage during and after training and four separate studies showing decreased muscle soreness post-exercise, including the days following. Now, the decrease in muscle soreness appears to be pretty closely correlated to the reduced muscle damage. Mm -hmm. Those seem to go hand in hand. And although this is not something that limits most people, you know, you might have a little muscle soreness, but it doesn't really hold you back the next day you go in the gym. You could make an argument that decreasing muscle soreness could improve your training intensity the day following or the days following, which could compound over time. If you're having a higher intensity workout, especially lifting weights, one or two days might not make a difference. But if you're someone who suffers from chronic soreness and you're already stamping the big movers, getting enough protein in your diet, not just being sedentary the following hours and days after your training sessions, sleeping well enough, this might be something that you could look into that could help you actually sustain a three or four or five day a week training program if you find yourself being someone who needs three or four days off in between right now before soreness. Now that's the one real clinical use in healthy adults who don't suffer from a deficiency that you really see. So there's a ton of mechanisms which carnitine in the body plays a role in. So it theoretically can, can help out in a lot of places, but when it translates over to human data, we just aren't really seeing much unless you're deficient. So it really just looks like a supplement. It really won't add up to your overall program. And if we want to look at the TMAO, some maybe potential dangers with long-term use. So I don't know about you, but I think the one big piece that you might take away from this is definitely not using this for a fat burning supplement. It's not going to help you there. And there's things that actually might help you in comparison compared <laughs> right to this. It's in so many, like it is used as one of the main ingredients in so many fat burning supplements. And it is, yeah. that's just increasing today. Like it's something that you, you'd think there's not much of a market for, but there is still a huge market for fat loss supplements and people buy them often all the time, regardless of whether or not they know they're effective. One of the more highly requested topics mm -hmm. that we get in the DMS and we post up Q and A's and stuff like that. This is a pretty highly requested supplement because it's not as easily dismissed as others. Cause again, there's plenty of research on it. Yeah. I think it's how it's extrapolated. Mm -hmm. People always forget that if you're deficient, if you are elderly, if you are these special And that goes like for so many, just a takeaway, not just for this supplement, but if you come across 
anyone making a bold claim about any sort of supplement, vitamin, mineral, and they do cite something, which is great. That's like a first step, but Mm -hmm. be curious, see what population was studied in that study. You might find that it was mice. You might find that it was people who were severely deficient. You might find it's people with a chronic disease. That's something that can make it a little bit easier to know who to trust, who not to trust, what to actually take away is to really look at the study population because it makes a huge, huge difference when you're doing any sort of supplement research. Massively important. And we pulled most of this data from examine.com, by the way. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I I would love to check this out. Where can I check out more data? Examine.com is a great resource. In our premium, you do get a discount at their premium membership, even though they have so many good free resources as well. You can even look up a lot of the research that we did today in the examine database to actually tell, okay, who was used in these, in these trials. Would this have an effect on me? And was this legitimate research? Great mm-hmm. place to be. So that is our little try episode of the fitness stuff research review. And we will place a link in the description. If you would like to subscribe, we're back here every single Friday and we hope to see you 